Welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, CEO of the Executive Connection. We connect leaders with a trusted network of people who help them succeed. Stephanie, it's lovely to have you in the studio again. I love being in the studio, Leo. You know that. What are you talking about today? Well, today we're talking about the future. So don't get too comfortable in the present because this is going to be about seeing if we can mess with your head a bit with my very special guest, Craig Rispin. Craig, who is a business futurist, an innovation expert and a keynote speaker. His expertise is in emerging business, people and technology trends and how organisations can really profit from these today. So with over 20 years experience uh, where Craig has really worked with where the future has been created, with some of the most innovative companies in the world, in IT, consumer electronics, internet and broadcasting industries, Craig Rispin is a perfect person to join us today on Tech Live. Craig, welcome. Thank you very much. So... How many Zoom calls did you do last year? Uh, So Zoom has this reporting system you can go into to see how your users are doing. There was 759 Zoom events, and then it showed uh, the attention. So you know, do you know you can track when people are looking? I don't think I want to do it. Well, I can tell. I tell you, I can tell when my team aren't looking because you watch (laughs) them on a Zoom call, and uh, you can see very quickly when they're distracted. Yes, so you can get an attention report, and uh, also using a new AI tool. Yeah. So it can record every everything that's said. Yes. And then it will transcribe it for you and put it straight into your CRM. So you got a record of it. And they've got these really good tools now that will, when you're done, coach you, coach you. Craig, this was the engaging moment in your speech. Wow. Do that again. And so that's my AI assistant from Zoom. And when I've been showing this to some of your members, they've said, oh, could I use that for compliance? We are in an industry where we have to document everything we're doing, healthcare, stock uh, brokers, all sorts of things, you know, you have yeah. this compliance. I said, sure, you could do it for that. And I have to tell you, when you introduce AI into a business, this is what I found. It actually changes the culture of In an what way? Well, think about this. If you have an AI assistant coaching you on every Zoom call that you're doing, and they say they're sales meetings or talking to investors, and afterwards it coaches you, it, what it's actually doing is showing this is how Stephanie had a better call than, than you did. Would you mm-hmm. like to look up? And so sales meetings change in this way. If it's a sales oriented campaign, instead of uh, the sales meeting being, you're not delivering results, try harder. Yeah. Which is yeah. 99% of every sales meeting. <laughs> yeah. It's here's some winning behaviors that we're seeing that are getting great results. And you can imagine how I'm getting goosebumps right now yeah it literally changes a sales culture just in that setting and you imagine in marketing or investor relations or managing people wouldn't it be great as a leader to have an ai assistant help you be much better than you are today it would and i love it i love the whole idea of it and let's get back to ai because that's clearly an important part of of the future it is and disruptive innovation. As a futurist, my understanding is an important or a key ability you have is to identify trends and to pick up signals from what's around 
Yes. Tell we call me. them weak signals. Weak signals. Tell mm. me tell me how you do that. So that's the first step in running any kind of future-led strategy. Yep. And it falls under this category of an environmental scan. Yep. So what's coming over the horizon? And this used to be very difficult to do. Yep. And for in our community, uh, a community of f- futurists, about 20,000 of us worldwide that are part of our uh, peak industry group, about a third are academics, mm-hmm. and they would do this environmental scan, and they would get their undergrad students yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. that have to do work yeah. to literally do this, cut out newspaper clippings uh, and measure the number of column inches dedicated to a particular thing, and if the column inches grew in the new, in the newspaper, then it was on trend. Okay. And of course, there's not many newspapers anymore. No. So I have an AI assistant called Athena, and she does what all these undergraduates used to do. Yeah. She scans 688,000 different scholarly uh, research papers, uh, industry reports, commercial firm reports, and categorizes it for me. Mm -hmm. So especially when your organization, when I go along and there's every type of industry in the room. Yes. Uh, what I do is before I go, I go into Athena and say, give me the trends in aged care. Give me the trends in law. And and she does this environmental scan, what the students used to do, but she can do it in a tenth of a second. And it spits out a report. It does. In fact, uh, it pr- prints, it, it spits out a PowerPoint presentation, usually 44 to 45 uh, slides long. And then I send it for peer review. That's the second step. But this environmental scan, it's so important. Mm. And also, co- companies don't really do this. You know, we were chatting a little bit about how companies are not so good with their future planning. No. And when I ask them how do they do their planning, the, it's usually the same suspects in the room. Yeah. And they don't really do a lot of good research of what's over the horizon, what's happening in the environment, what's coming next. And they're not seeing those weak signals that we're talking about that are going to be major trends and catching them before their competitors do. So a weak signal is demonstrated by column inches in inverted commas, but it's just a topic that might be trending, that there might be more conversation about. I'm trying to think what it could be. Well, Airbnb, I guess... 10, 15 years ago would have come up as a weak signal. Yes, it was. So a a weak signal when uh, in 2009 when Mm. Airbnb launched in the Mm. height of a financial crisis, there was this uh, weak signal, a little conference that had about 125 people talking about this sharing economy. Yeah. And the co-founders of uh, Airbnb, Brian Chetsney and his partner, I've forgotten his name, were there. And they're like, oh, we've got a spare room. <laughs> we got an air mattress. <laughs> uh, we had trouble getting a room in this particular area they're going yeah. to. And so that was a weak signal. Not a lot of people knew about it. Mm. And so wouldn't it be great as a leader seeing things before everybody else in your industry? Mm. And so what I say to members of, of tech is why don't you steal some of the tools that futurists use mm. and be a future-empowered, future-led organization and a futurist CEO? Yes. Why not I'm, steal I'm these in. tools? You've got me. <laughs> yeah. So how can an average mid-sized business leader 
who survived last year and, in fact, is doing really well. Mm. And I'm not talking about me at all. But, you know, everything's going quite well. How can you pull together this toolkit to become a futurist CEO? Right. So, first of all, you've got to look at the times that we're in and understand the world that we're in. Mm. So what's the context? Where were we before COVID? Yep. Before COVID, we were already swapping from one industrial revolution, the third industrial revolution that was made up by two C's, computers and communication. Yep. And transitioning to the next industrial uh, revolution, which is the fourth industrial revolution, which is those computers and communication, but it's a bigger bubble now and we call it digital because yep. it's got AR, VR and AR, yeah. AI in there. And then also the biological world and also the physical world. And that was happening, this transition to a brand new economy before COVID hit. Yep. And guess what happened when COVID hit? Everyone went backwards. Things got accelerated towards that. I'll tell you by how much. People looked at and they said, we have to, a new, new, we have to do a new way of working, a new way of meeting, a new way of talking to investors, a new way of managing our sales teams. And Adobe did a, did a survey of 3,000 of their customers. And in this survey, they asked them, how many years did you accelerate your digital communication strategy? And the average number of years in the first six months of COVID so was six years. So this is what I was talking to a, a group of uh, government, local government leaders. I said, so in the first six months of COVID, Companies are saying they had six dog years yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in six months. Discuss with the partner sitting next to you how you accelerated your digital communication strategy six years. And here's the surprising thing. 14% of the people that answered this said that their digital communication strategy was accelerated by 15 years. So in other words, the times that we're living in was we were already changing an economic model and then we accelerated it tremendously, not just, not just Zoom meetings. Okay. So I said something that was in fact the wrong answer about things went backwards. Yet things moved so quickly in March in the first quarter after that, that six months was crazy. What about the suggestion that maybe small and mid-sized businesses then settled? settled into what was a, a new, more comfortable normal then of Zoom, that it's a challenge to move, and, and we've said it before, I never want to go back to what 2019 was, mm -hmm. but the challenge to keep that velocity in a business that's, that was kind of like, well, we survived, we're doing well, but to keep that velocity of change is a huge challenge, yeah, I think. But I think to be able to compete in the future – or even now, you can't take your foot off the accelerator. Just have to keep going on that wild ride. To. Yep, you have to. And uh, even the uh, the leaders from McKinsey, uh, they're out there right now. They say it's the end of the financial year. You're doing your plan for the next financial year, and you're going to be planning for the future after everything that we've been through using techniques from the past that's yeah. nuts why would you do that everything is on the table in fact the one thing that they pointed out and i wholeheartedly endorse is uh destroy your org chart 
like the structure that you have was designed in the 1500s with mm. the first Corporations Act. Mm. And you're still sticking to that? That doesn't make sense. So that's just one area, but there's lots of other areas. I'm really interested in this. Let's let's go a bit deeper into destroy your org chart. I, mm. I like where you're going. Tell me about that. Well, so people are thinking about that maybe I don't have the right members to be able to compete in the future. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you where when I hear this. It's not when I've been speaking to a tech group for three and a half hours. Mm. It's uh, when the, I've spoken to the tech group, they invite me for dinner. So mm. maybe it's a retreat or something. Yeah. They've had three or four glasses of wine. Yeah, yeah. And then they lean over and whisper in my ear, I don't think I've got the right team. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, really? Haven't leaders <laughs> been saying that for years though, Craig? Uh, but now we have entirely new job titles that yeah. didn't exist yes. 24 months ago, mm -hmm. uh, three years ago. And I'll give you one for instance. Every organization now needs a marketing technology director. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who understands big data, yep. analytics, digital marketing, uh, but also understands marketing. And so it's not just a techno geek. Yeah. This is somebody who deeply understands marketing and understands big data. Yeah. And thinking about your members, think yes. about all your members. How many of your leaders have a MarTech person as their right-hand person? Yeah. Uh, when I go out there and speak to your groups, it's not many. There have been one or two, mm. but not many. And that's just one example Mm. of one position that every chief executive must have by their side now. Wouldn't you agree? Mm. Well, actually, I hired exactly that person. He's <laughs> come to the end of his second or coming to the end of his second week. So, right. Uh, How about that? And invaluable already. Yes. And it's uh, early days yet. There's only about uh, 3,500 people who turn up to these conferences that are MarTech Mm. conferences, but soon it'll be hundreds of thousands mm. of people who think and act in this way. And it's a new role that didn't even exist 24 months ago, really, mm. or three years ago. Mm. Mm. Well, what James Lawrence from Rocket would say is actually in future that will be called a marketer. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, it, that, that that's just what marketing will be. Yes. It won't be, well, there's digital or there's MarTech. It just will be a marketer. Yes. And so thinking about that, uh, think about what will empower this MarTech leader mm. to uh, help you as a chief executive meet your goals. Certainly, this MarTech person will also have an AI buddy like I do mm. in various areas, informing them how to be almost superhuman in the things that mm. they can do. And so uh, what I try and reveal to your members is that they're probably not investing enough in apps. So apps is a perfect way to show uh, how they compare. I, I hate benchmarking, but mm. okay, let's do a little bit of it. Mm. Uh, let's benchmark how many apps of a, let's say a firm with 50 to 100 employees, how many apps do they have besides Zoom? So right. they'll say, oh yeah. yeah, we were an early adopter. We went on to Zoom, right? Yeah. What have you done lately? Yeah. And that's what I mean about it slowing down because it was yeah. all very fast. Yes. But just keeping doing the same thing now is yes. not really any different. No, it's like uh, going on the on-ramp on the uh, freeway and you put your foot down, you get up to speed and you put on the cruise control. And you're just staying there. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's I think that's the risk <laughs> yeah. because 
because the delivery model changed, but that does that's not really changed. That's no. just that's just the channel. Yes. And so, uh, for instance, uh, for uh, firms that have 50 to 100 employees, the average number of apps, Zoom being one of them, let's say, um, uh, Office 365 is another. Yeah. Um, Athena is one for me. Yeah. Uh, how many apps are you running? And I get your members to look around the table, compare. Yeah. And usually they'll say something like six or 12 or maybe 20. Yeah. And then I show them the list from uh, thousands of other firms who say the number is like 175. Right. Okay. And so I say, that's not good enough. You have to keep on pushing. But I also know that you're also pushing people. And so I studied how human brains work. Mm. And you have to get into a habit, a rhythm of doing something new. Mm. So we got used to doing Zoom every day. And mm. after 30 days, we're just an organization that Zooms now. Yeah, that's right. Well, why aren't we doing that every 30 days? Yeah. Imagine how different your organization would be if every 30 days you added another app mm. that enabled your team mm. to be like superhumans. Mm. Yeah. I love that idea because what we all saw was people adjusting so quickly. Yes. Accelerating in six months, six years. That's incredible. But then putting it on coast. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, you can't. It's a, it's a great analogy. I really like that. Mm. So let's talk specifically about AI. Yeah. Again, a regular business leader, a founder of a business doing whatever in services or, or product in anything, where would they start with introducing culture, changing, record, you know, breaking AI? Where do yeah. they start? Um, what I would suggest is you look at everything that everybody is doing in your organization mm. and find an app, an AI-powered app to help them do what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. So for, first, you have to do this sort of manually. You have to ask everybody, can we do an audit of all the apps that you're using and what you're doing in a day? And let's look at uh, if you're doing cut and paste between uh, an order that comes in yeah. and your online system, yeah. can we find an app that does the cut and paste better yeah. for you? But now you think about all the things that you have to do in an organization. We have AI tools, for instance. My slide deck has 1,889 slides in it, mm. and I didn't make three quarters of them. I have an AI tool called beautiful.ai, mm. and I just send it my text, and it makes beautiful slides for me. Wow, beautiful.ai. Beautiful.ai. So if you have to make a slide pack now, why would you use PowerPoint if this makes a beautiful slide pack for you? Vimeo. Vimeo is a video ho business video hosting website. They have an AI digital video editing tool that you can just throw in your latest product offering, like the pictures off your web page and some clips and some customer, test customer testimonials, and it will edit a product video uh, for you that looks amazing, and it's free. Mm. And if you have an online store like Shopify, mm. you can say, now do this 10,000 times, and it will make you 10,000 videos in 24 hours. If your people in your organization are not being powered by an AI tool 
to design their slide packs, make their videos, read their legal contracts. Mm. Do you know we have tools now that can read any kind of contract and give you an executive summary that a chief executive might need. That's what a paralegal used to do. Mm. We don't have paralegals anymore. We Mm. have AI. Law firms don't Mm. need paralegals anymore because AI is better at doing uh, summarizations of legal documents than any uh, paralegal would be. So, Craig, I think people can be a little initially confused by and also intimidated by the term AI. Yes. Because they think it's something huge that you have to invest and create technology that's that feels too aspirational or too crazy. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is this already exists. Well, I'm just thinking while you're talking about my iPhone. Every now and then it'll pop up. Here's a beautiful presentation we've done of a trip you did to Lennox Head in February yes. with with a soundtrack and the best photos and it just appears. Yes, and a person didn't do that. No. An AI tool looked at your photos and made a beautiful collection for you, a perfect example. Now think that every task in an organization can be empowered by some form of AI and it shouldn't be scary for you because you're using it every day. Every day, every time you navigate, every time you shop on Amazon, every time that you look at YouTube videos or watch Netflix. Every time you read your news feed. Yes, it's all being powered by AI. So you have to ask... As a leadership team, what are the top apps that are enabling my general counsel, my marketing team, Mm. my customer relations, my operations, my design? We now have tools that can co-create incredible organic-looking designs. It's called generative design. Mm -hmm. And using a tool that all um, industrial companies use for doing buildings and and machine parts, you can just say, uh, give me some more designs that meet these specifications. You just give it the physical specifications, Mm. and it will make literally hundreds of extra versions that meet your criteria in uh, new ways. And what this allows designers to do is, you know, it used to be that we'd take weeks for designers Mm. to make a part, and it would take many more weeks for it to be delivered. And now, overnight, you can have hundreds of examples. You can then choose the ones that you want. You can then print it on a 3D metal printer that you can actually install into a car. Like it's a working version of a metal piece. And we're already doing that. And just imagine if you're an engineering firm, what that means to you. It means that in in a day, you can do what used to take weeks. Who, and I think I know the answer, who should drive this in the organization? Well, listen, I don't think that the chief executive has to drive it. Oh, good. Thank you. That's a good answer. But I think they need to recruit somebody Mm. to drive this. And when I get this question, uh, this is what I ask them. Can you think of somebody in your organization that is always trying to push? They're always so annoying. They want you to be better, do better. Here's here's (laughs) another way we could do this. Yes, that's right. And I said, are you thinking of that person? They go, oh, yes, Andy, Andy, she's always the one that wants us to do more, be better. And I just haven't had a project for her. Yeah. This is her project. Put her in charge of, let's just call it whatever. 
digital transformation, <laughs> your digital uh, transformation program and put Andy in charge of it. And all you have to do as a leader is give them permission. You have to be aware of what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. So what are you asking for? I want an AI tool for every, every one of our staff members mm -hmm. to make them superhuman. Look at what they're doing. What would make them superhuman? Find an app for every one of our team members. That's a great first project. Imagine how different an organization would be mm. if they every single employee was um, partnered, had a co-creation tool uh, sitting alongside them. It's what I'm, you know, I'm a little speechless. <laughs> Sorry, what I, I have that effect uh, on Yeah, me, well, you do, Craig. You always have. Now, what I like about this is you've just painted a, a huge picture and a, a huge picture of a future. And then you've talked about how you could actually begin doing this yeah. right now. And I'm giving you examples that I know have worked. And if you decide to do this as a leader, yeah. your leaders decide to do this, you won't be the first. And that's there's the rub because if you're – well, you're not the first, but if you're not doing it at all, you'll be the last. And that's yes. the problem, isn't it? Yes. So seven years ago, a CEO came to me of a listed organization and he said, uh, when we've got a problem. We run this great call center but it's really hard to keep people in these call center jobs because they're really the worst jobs mm. in our organization. And he said, uh, and we have this dead accounts file where people make an inquiry. What they do is salary packaging. Mm -hmm. So they make an inquiry that they want to buy a Mini Cooper. And then they, uh, being a busy nurse, because they work with lots of hospitals and, and government workers, they're so busy that they never, get an, they never get around to filing the paperwork in time for the end of the tax year. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, this leader said, uh, Craig, we need to find an AI, AI tool that can uh, drill down into our dead accounts and let's see if we can convert some of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we recruited Christine. And Christine looked into their Salesforce account and looked for all the people that made an inquiry but didn't follow up yep. after 90 days. They're dead client accounts. This is what they classify. Yep. Christine scheduled meetings like this. Hey, Craig, uh, your rep, Fred, is coming to the hospital for the next two days. Tax, you know, end of tax year is coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. If you don't do it before June 30, yeah. you're going to have to wait till next year. Click here to book in a meeting with yeah. Fred when he's at the hospital. You won't believe what happened. They converted 89% of their dead accounts. Yeah. 89%. People were so happy with Christine. People were sending chocolates, flowers, ah. stuffed animals to Christine. And Christine wasn't a recruit. Christine was just Christine.ai. Christine had this conversation over email and text, and they thought it was a real person. So much so Th that they, they were sending flowers and chocolates. Going, here's a picture of me with my new Mini Cooper. I'm so happy. <laughs> I love Christine. So in that example, because of course straight away I'm thinking, oh, how do I apply that? Yes. How do you find the app? Uh, there's a great website called Product Hunt. Mm -hmm. Product Hunt uh, has categories of new apps that are being launched every single week. 
Right. I'm always looking at this every single week, looking for my next AI tool. Imagine you had a team member that was looking every week for an app to solve a problem. And mm. every week a new app comes out that people try and it's kind of uh, uh, like reviewed or upvoted by uh, other mm. people. And when you see one breaking out that 3,000 people have given it the thumbs up, you're like, oh, I've got to look at for instance, the latest app I deployed in my business is I'm a great speaker, but I'm a terrible writer. Uh -huh. Give me a blank page and I can't type anything, yeah. but invite me to talk on a mm. podcast. I could do it for three days. Right? So, I know. I'm, I'm mindful of that. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so I deployed a new tool called copy.ai and it asks you, what are you trying to write? Are you trying to write a value proposition? Are you trying to write a social media post? Are you doing something on LinkedIn? And then you put in a few words around the topic that you want to talk about. Let's say, for instance, I put in using AI to do strate strategic planning, and it wrote incredible copy for me, gave me 10 different examples, and I could uh, upvote the ones that I liked, and it would make more iterations. And it's completely... Uh, plagiarism free. It doesn't mm. copy from anyone else. It's being made by this AI. And I just look at that and I said to my business partner, uh, we don't need a copywriter anymore. This is writing better copy than our copywriter. What do we need a copywriter for anymore? This is mind blowing. And I'm a futurist. <laughs> this yeah, is my right. <laughs> And I didn't see it coming. So that website is Product Hunt. Did you uh, say? Product Hunt is the uh, daily, weekly, upvoted products and they have categories and I subscribe to the AI category, yeah. always looking for that next tool. Okay. I, I don't even know where to start to wrap <laughs> this up. I'll just lift my jaw off the table here because it's been quite a journey. So you started off by talking about it's critical for business leaders to truly know what's over the horizon. Yes understand the times that we're in and that you can't take your foot off the accelerator because we were already transforming our economy and it's not slowing down. It's accelerating. It's accelerating. Yes. Don't pat ourselves on the back. We did so well in March, April, May, June last year. You've got to keep going. Yes. And harness some of that velocity that the team demonstrated they had then yes to keep moving now yes and as a leader we don't have to do it ourselves we just have to give permission yeah and good. understand what we're asking for you need a strategy of what to ask for and then you can just watch the magic it happen watch the magic happen and yes. then a huge message from you about tools and AI yes, and where AI sits in apps that are so readily available and a couple of great tips for where to start looking. Yes. And as for me, I'm going to see if I can poach Christine from that CEO <laughs> yes. because I know she wants to come and work for me. Yes. Wouldn't that be good? Now, I have to tell you in, in conclusion, um, Christine, six, seven years ago, cost a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, in a quarter, they increased their revenue to by $4 million. Yeah. Here's the, what you need to know. Christine now costs a hundred dollars a month, Absolutely. not a million dollars. It's a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. What an inspiring conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely thought provoking and wonderful to have you here. And next time we'll get you to come on and talk about Cuban cookery. Yes. But that's uh, 
that's a whole other topic. Craig Rispin, thank you so much for joining us on Tech Live. You're so welcome. Discover more about tech at tech.com.au. Thank you.